Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, with me today, I have the usual group. We have Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. And Jason Earls. Hello, everybody. All right. We have a great episode for you today, and, you know, we've been gone for a few weeks. We had a a kind of a crazy storm, and then we wanted to get back on a regular schedule. So we're back with a new episode to talk about all the interesting news that's happened recently and some rumors and news and a bunch of uh, different things that have happened. So let's jump right into it. Our main topic for today is the first news item. And that's the uh, the HomePod being discontinued. And I, I have very mixed opinions on this. I do too. I kind of understand like why Apple discontinued the HomePod. Also, they discontinued the HomePod. It's okay, HomePod buddy. I still love you. <laughs> As I pat my HomePod. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we have a hashtag for a while, pet the HomePod? I think we did. <laughs> Hilarious. I was just trying not to pat the screen because I didn't want music to happen, but right. Um, right. That would have actually been really funny. I think I have a picture of headphones sitting on a HomePod. Oh, yeah, the Andrea cans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, on one hand, I understand why they did it, you know, because it was at launch a $350 smart speaker that yep. couldn't do terribly much more than play music. I mean, yes, it sounded good, but, you know, it, it's not what people were looking for in their smart speakers, especially considering the like the likes of the uh, Echo devices, the um, the Google Home hubs or Homes at the time, and um, you know the HomePod's been around for like four years. So in one respect, I kind of understand it, and you know the HomePod Mini does have some features that the big HomePod doesn't have, you know regarding the U1 chip and everything. But at the same time. The HomePod does sound so good, and as good as the Mini is, and as is you know f- great sales figures as the Mini is, because of its price point and everything, you can't argue that it just does not sound as good as the big HomePod. Right, but I think like if we're thinking about it, like the majority of consumers, you know, they may not be like, you know, in depth like with audio, and they may not you know, understand that um, the HomePod, you know, sounds the way it is and that they want to pay for that because a lot of them just want to listen to music and they want it to be portable. And, you know, so that's where I think it's coming down to. Like, I understand why they discontinued it, but yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, personally, I don't have a big HomePod, but that's because in a small apartment, I just don't have a lot of room. Right. And, you know, they did say that they are still going to, you know, push out software updates for the big home pods and support them via Apple Care, which is good because I just got Apple Care last year. Oh. Um <laughs> that would stink otherwise. <laughs> right. But like it's I really want them to come out with like a bigger home pod for, you know, one ninety nine. That's what I'm hoping for, even though they've publicly said to I think it was like iMore or whatever that they were in fact focusing their efforts on HomePod Mini. Because let's think about it like this. The big HomePod, you know, Apple slashed the price to $299, right? So for $200, you could get two HomePod minis for less money than one bigger HomePod. 
Now, that doesn't mean it's going to have the bigger, bassier sound of the HomePod, but at least you would get stereo, um, stereo audio and stuff. Well, let's leave this part for the end, because we're already kind of diving <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, I know, right? I like, <laughs> I got thoughts, I'm sorry. But the other bit of news is the iMac Pro completely was discontinued, and they're only selling them as while supplies last. That I'm not sad about. In a way, I am. I think it was a great product, but I think we're about to see something new uh, come from Apple. And as usual, we will be doing a live stream of that event. At least that's the plan. Um, we'll be doing a live stream of the Apple event when it uh, happens later this month, because we do know for certain, right, that there is an Apple event? I don't think we do know for certain. I just think speculation's high that there may be one. Okay, I thought there was... At least last I checked. But March 23rd is the rumored date for the Apple event. I also haven't really looked at the news today, so things may have changed. But last I knew it was a hypothetical thing at this point. I mean, a highly likely thing at this point. And I think it's because they're discontinuing these devices. And the fact that we have so much information in the code about our next topic, and that's potential AirTags coming uh, soon, because there's mention of them in the Find My app. Yes, there is. On the beta. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome, because I've saw YouTube videos. Obviously, I don't have the beta myself, but I've seen YouTube videos that like have mentioned it. Obviously, when you're trying to prepare for the podcast, just kind of looking at all the news. and But yeah, definitely pretty cool, and hopefully hopefully they work. I mean, tile is nice, but it'd be nice to have something built in and integrated you know, for finding stuff. Right, and I guess Apple's opening up the Find My Protocol so that companies like Tile could take advantage of it as well. And it's nice to see that they are opening up more of their, you know, frameworks and things. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's because there's so, been so much blame for antitrust and things between them and Google and things like that, that they're trying to make sure that they stay, you know, open. Ahead of that, yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, Google's had a lot of problems with that because they're in everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the last bit of news that we have is... Uh, and I won't make any jokes, Jason. I won't do it. I won't do it. Those will be left for off the podcast. The Braille Sense Six. And, oh. And, and, and I only, I only make, I only make this joke because if you want to learn more, head to hymns inc dot com slash bs six. And I'm not kidding. Take all the jokes from that you can. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Basically, we have the Braille Sense 6, and it was announced this week at CSUN. Um, from what I've been able to tell, it was one of the, the biggest announcements because there weren't a lot of announcements this week. And the Braille Sense 6 dropped the Polaris naming, and it's Android 10, uh, 128 gigs of hard drive space, 802.11ac wireless, uh, a battery that, while under pre uh, while under load, will drain 21% in an hour and a half if doing the max amount of work. That's the only battery statistic we can get. It has um, SD card slot. It has two USB-A ports, a, two USB-C ports, a headphone jack that supports microphone. Uh, the What is that called, Jason? I think it's TRRS, actually, I believe is a technical standard, which is basically what this microphone that I'm using is, which is, um, you know, think the headphone jack, the older headphone jacks on the iPhones or the, the headphone jack on the Mac. So it's, it's that single microphone combo jack. Mm -hmm. 
and it has all that. It has new uh, software installed, and the person doing the presentation was using Zoom on the BrailleSense. So that's pretty promising. The only concerns I have are if it's going to get Android 11 and up, and what uh, you know how well the software is going to work because the Polaris had a lot of issues with deleting mm -hmm. documents and things like that. Yeah, the BrailleSense Polaris is a very interesting device. I think it also actually, Michael, in addition to the headphone jack, I think they said it also has a stereo line-in port as well, so you could connect, uh, you know, music things to it. You know, binaural microphones really uh, would work, I would imagine, to it. Nice. Did you mention that it has six gigs of RAM? No, I did oh, not, so yeah. Yeah, nope. You didn't yeah, mention it. Yeah, it's got yeah. six gigs of RAM, an eight-core CPU. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if they announced the clock speeds of it. They didn't. So it really does seem yeah. like a very interesting device, and um, it's going to cost fifty seven ninety nine. Come out yeah. in June. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a we lot do of know money. the battery will be user replaceable though, because they talked about uh, they talked about that at the um, CSUN announcement. I think mm -hmm. uh, they do offer financing and trade ins for your older devices, so those are options to get you a lot closer in price to those devices. So yeah. It's a very interesting device. I just, you know, I do worry what the battery life's really going to be like. Right, and also if it can, like, you know, like I said, no takers have a, a problem, you know, where they they fall behind mainstream, and so that's the other concern too. Is that like, you know, you buy the six thousand dollar device almost, well, it's already running two versions behind of Android almost at this point. Twelve is beta, so you know that's the other thing too. These note takers, I mean, they're great for what they are, but. You know, it's like a specialized thing, and they're not always up to date. Mm -hmm. Like I said um, to you guys, I think, off the show, if I were to get a note taker, it would probably be the BrailleSense, you know, the BrailleSense 6. It's so weird that they don't have a, a name for it now. I know. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, and we could have a whole episode on note takers, but. I think we would want to have somebody on that can talk more about Braille and mainstream versus note taker, because I think that would be a very cool discussion. So, yes. Yeah, I do too. Cause I mean, I've used the Braille sense in the past, but the Braille sense I used was, I think even before the U2. So it was, you know, definitely not any of the Android based Braille sense devices. Mm -hmm. So another thing that's happened, uh, the last news topic I really could think about is Android 12 is in technical preview. We really haven't talked about that. And uh, I hear it brings a whole lot of user interface changes, but not a lot of, you're not going to be able to notice it very much with TalkBack. Yeah, that's true. I uh, have been playing a little bit with the beta. After a couple false starts, I <laughs> eventually got it on my Pixel. I accidentally installed the version of Android that, uh, the AOSP version, so I didn't actually have a screen reader, which is why I wasn't oh, getting no. speech. <laughs> oh no, how'd you fix that? <laughs> um, I reflashed it. I very carefully. I, I was, <laughs> hmm? yeah, very carefully. Yeah, yeah, very carefully. So, yeah, I reflashed it um, because you can actually go to the Google uh, developer site and you can actually use their online flash tool and it'll basically do all the work for you. Online? Is, That's cool. Mm -hmm. It downloads the image to the device. Um, you have to enable some things like OEM unlock and, and whatnot. It'll download the image to the device, and it'll tell you when it's safe to unplug your phone, at which point it should be booting into the beta of, um, of Android. That's fancy. I know. 
Um, and talk about the security implications there. If I mean, it's Google, and they have all the security keys and all that. But could you imagine if somebody were to spoof that and be able to put a not legit version of Android from a website? Oh. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I did actually think about that, and then I stopped thinking about it. <laughs> that might have been a good idea. <laughs> but but like I said, you know, I do have Android 12 installed. Um I don't notice too much of a difference, although I honestly I I'm my Pixel's not my primary driver. Uh my primary driver is my iPhone, so what I can say though is that 12 does seem to be relatively stable and along with the introduction of TalkBack 9.1, which is not specific to Android 12, I do think that uh, the Android experience is going to uh, improve a bit, which is nice and awesome to see. Yeah, so it's it's really cool that you know we have the ability to flash these devices remotely. I think that's really neat. Um, but we'll we'll have more information about what's in the beta uh, for our Android twelve in a future episode. But I think it's really cool that we have the ability to do that and to try these things before they come out. You know, iOS, Android. Windows through the Windows Insider program and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that was kind of annoying to me, though, is, and maybe it's just I did it in a way that made this happen, but it ended up forcing me to reset my phone to flash the version of Android 12 onto it. And of course, when I had the version without TalkBack, I didn't mind resetting my phone. But... Yeah. And I think if you downgrade back to Android 11, I believe it'll make you reset as well. Probably. But they, they do tell you that. So, you know, I love how my watch made a noise, even though I have, uh, typically if I mute my phone, my watch will mute with it, but not this time. Nope. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Usually it, it mirrors, but, uh, hmm. not this time. That's interesting. Uh, all right. So for our ad part of the show today, I want to talk to you guys about app development services that's offered by iAccessibility iAccessibility offers app development services for iOS and Android at $50 an hour, where we will build your app from the ground up based on your website or however whatever app you're trying to build, and the app will be accessible and usable by all users unless it's a game that you really need specific use cases. Uh, we'll still try to make it as accessible as possible, though. So we'll, we've built apps like uh, VO Starter. We've built apps like... Uh, Pocket Braille, uh, Blind Bargains, ACB Link, and uh, that's just a few of the different apps on a lot of platforms that have been created. So $50 an hour, minimum of $1,000, and you can have your app in the iOS and Google Play app stores. So you can go to iAccessibility.net to learn more, and we will be promoting that more on the website. So keep a lookout, and we will we'll have more information. So uh, thanks for listening to the IACast, and... Uh, now on to our main topic for today, and we've already talked a little bit about that, and it's Apple discontinuing, you know, products like the HomePod. And do you guys, I, I, this is, I feel like this is the most products that Apple's discontinued at one time. And you know, Microsoft has done it. I mean, they discontinued a whole store line. Uh, <laughs> Google, Google is the project killer. They are known for that. Uh, do you guys think Apple's kind of jumping on board that that train? I think. In a way, they are. I really think what they're trying to do is they're trying to streamline their product line and, you know, not have so many, you know, variations of things around, especially in the case of the iMac Pro. I keep wanting to call it the Mac Pro. That is a product. It is a different product. 
but the iMac Pro because they they really want us all to move over to Apple Silicon, which you know I'm personally fine with. So I really think that's part of it. And you know, as far as the HomePod, I like to think that they have something new planned to replace this beautiful, soft, lovely mesh big HomePod that I'm totally like you know, rubbing a finger against right now because it just, it's fun. Um, Hashtag pet the HomePod. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's, I really hope that they do have something to replace the uh, the bigger HomePod with at some point soon because, yeah. Yeah. So the thing with that is that I think, like I said, a lot of these companies are doing that right now. They're just trying to streamline and, you know, like Google's been doing it for years. Microsoft kills things. But, you know, Apple, like I said, this is really, you know, a first, like they don't really do this all that often. And so either one of two things, they either have a lot more products coming and they need to get rid of stuff or they're just trying to streamline because of COVID and everything, obviously, but we've been in COVID for over a year now. So who knows, you know, if they're just trying to get things under control and under like streamlined or if they are trying to, um, you know, add new products, but they need to get rid of some first. And it might be, it might just be that they don't plan to update. Oh, uh, well, actually, you know what? I think the HomePod runs on the uh, processor that the iPhone 7 runs. Isn't it, Jason? The big HomePod, yeah. It's the, it's the A8. Oh, wow. And I think that's the next on the chopping block this year, guys. iPhone 7, you think, next? I think, I, well, the 7 has the A9, right? I don't remember. Or no, wait a minute. No, I think, I think the A8 and is, is from the iPhone 6, actually. But I remember the 6S is the last version. Uh, iOS runs on the 6S. And so I bet the iPhone 7 will be the final version that uh, 15 will run on. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Um, I mean, at the same time, they did actually change the foundation, according to uh, some, some tech sites, they did change the foundation of what HomePod OS was. So for a while, it was based on a foundation of iOS. And then I don't remember when this happened, but supposedly they ended up changing the foundation from iOS to tvOS so that it wouldn't have as much, you know, um, code and things in, in, in the OS that isn't really needed and used by the HomePod. Hmm. So I was kind of not expecting to see the cancellation of the big HomePod for another year or two yet. Mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised, but maybe, I mean, I was going to say maybe this has something to do too with the, somehow with the silicon chip shortage, but that would probably be more to do with the Mac, I would think, maybe than the HomePod. Well, it's interesting because I'm wondering if they're going to rename the HomePod Mini eventually to something else, or if we're going to have the HomePod Pro come out and then put a new device in later on in the HomePod category. Right, or the HomePod Max. Right. Or the HomePod Pro Max. <laughs> I don't well, think they'll do pro- well. If you think about <laughs> I it, in, in, on the Mac, we don't have a MacBook. We have the, the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air, and the MacBook Pro. We don't have a MacBook or the Mac. Oh, right. So that might be kind of the landscape we're looking at for HomePod for a while. Maybe. Because if also, if you notice, the MacBook that came out uh, like 2015, 2016? Yeah, 15, I think 15. It was short-lived as well. So 
you know, we have the Air and the Pro that are still around, but the flagship name was discontinued quick on that line too. So that's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, it really is. And I think the one thing that's keeping me from like being complete and utter 100% distraught that the big HomePod is being discontinued is just the fact that they, and I think I said this before, that Apple did say that they are still going to issue software updates for the big HomePods for the time being and support it still through Apple Care. I'm wondering if you put two HomePod minis in a room, if you get the same quality sound as one big HomePod. I think you would get the same overall quality sound because the HomePod mini does seem like it sounds very similar to the big HomePod, just without that deep, low bass that the big ones can hit. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's to the point where when we look at these devices, it's hard to, it's, and I, you know, may, I'm just, my train of thought just keeps going all over the place, but the more I think about things, Maybe this is a way for tech companies to dispel rumors and leaks by just saying, we're going to discontinue this, we're going to change this. And so it kind of throws people off to know what the next step is going to be. Yeah, maybe. I think, though, in the case of the iMac Pro being discontinued, we all know it's most likely going to be because we're going to be seeing an Apple Silicon-based iMac. Now, whether we see that on March 23rd, which... I personally don't think we'll see. I will say that on the show, and I would be very happy to be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see that on the 23rd. I think Um, we will. I think that's going to be the focus is IMAX this year. I don't know. I think we might see things about AirTags and iPad Pros and stuff, but we'll see. If I'm wrong, I'll be happy. See, maybe maybe we need to come up with the iAccessibility pool because what I think we're going to see, and, and take your bets, people, (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I think we're going to see um IMAX, colored IMAX. Uh I don't think we're going to see iPads just yet, but that's just me. Now, in saying that, iPads have come out uh in March before. So, it's not out of the norm. But IMAX used to be used for education as well. And so, if they bring out the colored IMAX like they had for education in the past and kind of market it towards that, I could definitely see that being a March thing. And plus, uh, iPad Pro has, typically has an 18-month life cycle. It's only been uh, 11 months since uh, iPads have come out. So, uh, in other words, this is Michael trying to say, please let my iPad be relevant in April. <laughs> well, uh, I have to agree with Jason on this one, Michael. Because I, I, I think... You know, like I said, with all the evidence and stuff, I think it's going to be air tags and the stuff. But again, if I'm wrong, I'd be more than happy to admit it. But I really think I have to agree with Jason, Michael. And who knows? We may see all these things. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but right. that'd be crazy. No, you know what's really going to happen? Apple's not actually going to have a product event on the 23rd. They're going to just announce their new products quietly on their site. And then we'll all be wrong. <laughs> and it could <laughs> happen. It could happen. I do think, though, regardless, like it's it's as sad as I am to see the big HomePod, you know, be discontinued. And like I said, I, me personally, I'm not terribly upset about the iMac Pro's cancellation. I'm more excited because you know that just tells me to watch out for the iMac. Not that I'm going to get one, but it's still always fun to see what they're going to come out with. I still enjoy my HomePod. You know, I still plan on using it until something happens. Like 
if if nothing else, using it until Apple decides they're not going to update it anymore, whenever that may be. So, well, and it tells me that them discontinuing these things, it just especially on the iMac side, it means that they have something new coming around the corner. And they may decide that the Pro line of iMac just isn't needed anymore because of what the A1 and A1X will do for these devices. I mean... You mean the, the most... M1? Yeah, M1. <laughs> uh, it's a processor, Michael. It's not steak sauce. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> that needs to be the name of an episode sometime. But <laughs> right. our, our, our previous episode title we came up with is going to, to be it. Yeah, but that would be hilarious. 156, it's a processor, not steak sauce. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but no, the, the and, and you know, I wonder if that's why they started with A4S. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> could you, because, because, could you imagine Apple naming, now introducing our first processor line, the A1. Um, and then could you imagine the, like, the hilarity in covering the lawsuits? <laughs> if they, if that were to even happen. Like, right. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh anyway, would would that <laughs> Okay. Would that be a coprocessor for for Intel the A1 because it has to go along with it to make it better? I don't know. Would it be? <laughs> I mean, That's maybe. your call. <laughs> I mean if we're comparing Intel to steak there, you know, would the uh, <laughs> A one processor from Apple to <laughs> <laughs> They'll call it uh I, I don't know. I, I was going to say Steak Lake, but that just sounds weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Dinner Lake. Uh, dinner Lake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, there there you go, Intel. When when uh, when you come out with that chip that everybody wants, just say, time for dinner, Lake. Exactly. Anyway, I think this is the most jokes we've told on a podcast in a while. Right. Um, I really think that the M1X will really be... There's no pro version of that. There's no way to up the processor on that. So there's, you know, on the Intel uh, iMacs, you know, you can get, you know, i5, i7, i9, and, you know, you have the better display on the pro, which they can still do the better display, but if the display is already going to be amazing in these new iMacs with the new chips, then they don't have a need to do that. So uh, mm -hmm. there may not need to be an iMac Pro because... The new iMac will just be able to boast that it's pro already with the built-in Apple Silicon. And that was kind of my thinking when I you know, <laughs> first read about the cancellation of the iMac Pro. I was actually thinking as you were talking, and I don't really think Apple's going to do this, if they came out with, instead of the M1X or the M12, having the M1 Pro. But I really don't think they would do that, considering they already have products in their Pro line that have the M1, and that would confuse people. Right. But... You know, I just think that they're going to, uh, I, I think that they, now that we're looking at coming, you know, slowly out of COVID, they're going to be looking for the best way to sell their products. And if you could just say, look at these shiny new products we have in our stores. Aren't, aren't these amazing? People are going to want them. And especially if they start doing these colors like they've shown on concept art and things like that, that, that are rumored, that's just going to be amazing. I mean, look at how popular the Mac, the new Macs have been already, you know, because working from home and, mm -hmm. you know, they've got that long battery life and the slightly upgraded camera because of the ISP. Oh, and, you know, I'm, I'm using, I'm doing all this on an M1 Mac, the, the recording and Zoom and all that. And I keep telling people it's, it's the better of the two machines. I mean, this is still a terrible camera, but I'm looking at my face on here and it looks a lot better than my, 
than my other Mac did by far. So Apple's really gone a long way with what they're doing. All right. Do you guys have any final comments we want to give before we wrap up today? Steak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no, I'm kidding. But um, I, you know, I. It's very interesting to see, you know, these these product cancellations. I keep flitting between I'm sad, especially for the HomePod, and it's because there's going to be something new. A lot of me is just like, this This has to be because there's something new. So it's going to be very interesting to see what actually ends up happening. Well, you know, the interesting thing, uh, I want to point this out. The interesting thing about the HomePod Mini is you don't need to plug those into the wall. Right. And that's, and that's really interesting. I mean, you could build a USB-C, you could buy a USB-C hub, plug it into the wall, and have five HomePod Minis hooked up to that thing. In a power strip, yeah. Well, not even a power strip, just a USB-C hub. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it doesn't need people hooked in the wall. Wow, I'm not thinking. Yeah, or a I battery mean, pack. You can hook it right. up to a battery pack. And oh. so that makes it almost more usable than the Echo yes. Dot. Yes. And so I think that's why Apple really wants to focus on that, because they're like, there's so much possibility here. I wouldn't blame them. I mean, it ha it sounds better than any Echo. I'm sure. I don't know. I haven't heard one yet, but... Well, reviews say they do. So, you know, you put a few in a room, you're going to get good audio. The only thing that you can't do is use them as standard stereo speak or uh, TV speakers. You can. They just won't... I, I just don't think they'll do Dolby Atmos and stuff that the big HomePods do. How would you use... Well, Apple TV speakers, but how would you use them as standard TV speakers? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I misheard. I thought you said Apple TV. Yeah, you can't use, well, you can't even use a big HomePod as standard TV speaker, no, so that's not, that's not new. Now, could you imagine if they came out with the HomePod Sub, where you had two of the uh, Apple speakers, uh, the HomePod Minis, as uh, your regular speakers? Now, that's you know, a that's, possibility. That's actually funny that you mentioned that, because I was talking to somebody pre-show about that, and get what they had said is... Apple comes out with this sub and then gives it two USB-C ports so that you can plug two HomePods directly into the sub Whoa. and then plug the sub into the wall or something. Ooh. I don't know if that is what they're going to do, but that would certainly be interesting. It'll definitely help with, you know, the idea of I want to have stereo speakers, but I need two outlets if they decided to go that route. So who knows? Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do. I mean, if they bring out a HomePod sub, I will press that buy button immediately. Right. I'm not. I'm not kidding. That I, if they did that, you know, I I would buy a HomePod sub, and and it kind of makes sense, guys. I I think that's actually probably what they're going to do, because it would make money for them. If you had to buy two HomePod Minis and an iPod sub, let's price the sub at two hundred dollars. They're making fifty dollars more off of you than if you bought. One HomePod. Now, granted, they're not going to make six hundred or $700 if you had to buy two regular HomePods. But who's going to do that anyway? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, you know, that's true. I think, though, the only downside to this is, as it stands right now, if you were looking to buy HomePods new that would do Dolby Atmos, you can't. 
because that was a feature specific to the bigger home pods and i don't know if it's because the a8 is more powerful than the uh s5 or whatever cpu the minis have inside i think it's the s5 or if it's just that the mini i mean the the big home pod has more more microphones and it's not limited to the chip but as of right now you can't buy new home pods directly from apple if you want to do it all the atmos I actually you can for right now during the time of this recording. But I didn't even see a link in the store for the HomePod when I last looked. So I just looked and they're still in the Apple Store app for 2.99. Yeah, you could pick either one. Oh, they have the Space Gray ones back? Yeah, they're showing both of them at least when I looked it showed a picture showing both of them. Oh, that's interesting cuz I knew for a while that they uh they only had the white ones around. And it's very interesting then that I couldn't get to them because on the Apple store, on the on Apple's website, um, if you wanted to see the HomePods, the only way I was able to find them is by going under the Apple Music link. And they talked about the HomePods and the AirPods and the AirPods Max. And the only HomePod they listed was the HomePod Mini, whereas the big HomePod used to be there. So that's interesting that they still show up in the, uh, yep, they are in um, the, in the Apple, Apple store app. And of course, you can buy them from other retailers. It's not just yeah. Apple that sells the HomePods, but... And since they're discontinued, I would wait till you could get them from Best Buy or somewhere else where they will be much cheaper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind, if you're going to go that route, that we don't know how long Apple's going to support the big HomePods with software updates. Even all we know is that they are still going to support them. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show today. Jason, to end us off for today where can people find you online and what's your pick so my pick is funnily enough not an apple product but rather a google product i just wait it'll be discontinued at some point no <laughs> <laughs> right but it probably will next week <laughs> um specifically my pick is talkback version 9.1 and i pick it because it enhances talkback by allowing you to use multi-finger gestures finally um, it has a Braille keyboard, although the Braille keyboard's been there since 8.4, I think it was. But, uh, I really find I like these multiple, um, the multi-finger gestures. I like the new unified, uh, talkback menu. And it's just, I just love this version of talkback, um, compared to the older ones. Because I can disable the angular gestures and the, um proximity sensor silencing speech i can turn that off now because you can now tap with two fingers to pause speech oh that's fantastic and the magic tap gesture for ios users is there and so it's it's really nice you know they don't have the rotor as such i mean you can't you know rotate two fingers on the screen or whatever but they definitely do have an easy way to navigate you know granularity and stuff now and it's all customizable pretty much so talkback 9.1 it's it's pretty nice so that is my pick as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JDE91. I know that I have been giving my Facebook out in past episodes. I have decided that I will no longer give that out. I no longer have the app installed. So yeah, those are the ways you can follow me. Uh, find me, email, emailing me and uh, following me on on Twitter. And if you catch me in Clubhouse, then uh, feel free to say hi. All right. Taylor, what's your pick for the week, and where can people find you online? 
Okay, so my pick is uh, a little technical, so I'm going to explain it. Um, I pick Generate Press, and for those who don't know, Generate Press is a WordPress theme. And a WordPress theme is basically a um, thing that will help enhance the visuals of your site. So it basically helps make your site look the way it looks in a short version. I mean, like a short description. So what it will do is it is really awesome because you can customize every part of your site. And the cool part is that it's fully accessible. There are two versions, free and premium. The free theme is literally just you go download it from wordpress.org theme directory. And the paid one is a paid plugin. I believe it's $59 a year or what? I can't remember the lifetime, like 249 lifetime, Michael? I didn't see a life. Uh, yeah, oh. I think it's two fifty lifetime. Two fifty. Okay. So I really love Generate Press. Thanks to Michael Babcock and Demossy Thomas for mentioning those to me in a clubhouse room. Where you can find me online, I am all over the web, literally. I have a YouTube channel that I would like you guys to check out, uh, Taylor's Tech Talks, and that also has a podcast now. So if you like uh, hearing from me, you can hear from me in both of those places. I also am on Twitter and Clubhouse. You can email me, taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at iaccessibility.net, and follow me on Twitter, taylor underscore aren't 22, so T-A-Y-L-O-R underscore aren't A-R-N-D-T 22, and I am also producing content for iAccessibility. All right. So my pick for this week is a book series I'm reading called Expeditionary Force. And the first book in the series is called Columbus Day. The author is, uh, I believe his name is Craig Allenson, and he, uh, he has written several books in the series. And it's an awesome, awesome book series. It's a sci-fi series about uh, aliens taking over Earth and uh, about how humanity uh, kind of take, uh, steals a ship and goes out in the in the galaxy to kind of protect Earth. So there's an AI that's hilarious, and uh, I'm not going to give anything more away about the series, but check it out. Highly recommend it. Uh, I'm on the third book right now, and I've been reading it for about two weeks, and uh, each book's about 15 hours on Audible. So uh, that tells you how dedicated into this series I am. Uh, so highly recommend it. As for where you could find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I'm Michael. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for Michael Doeys. And uh, you can go to MichaelDoeys.com for my website. And I have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to make time to work on. And, uh, you know, I have content uh, everywhere. And, uh, yeah, just very excited to... Uh, be on Clubhouse. I'm there as well. So find me on Clubhouse. Uh, just search for Michael Doeys. And we even now, here's an announcement. We have a club. We're all fancy and everything. We have the IACast Network Club. In fact, after this recording, we will be on Clubhouse doing a after episode uh, kind of a discussion to talk about these things. So come hang out with us on Clubhouse as we talk about today's episode. Uh, so we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the IACast, and we'll be back in two weeks for another episode, and it's been awesome getting to talk about all these things with you guys, Jason and Taylor. 
I want to thank everybody that's been on the stream and everybody that will listen once the episode comes out. And uh, we will be back next time for a new episode. So until then, take care and keep playing with new technology. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iaccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iaccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.